Uh, Today's gospel is reserved for All Saints Sunday each year. Uh, No matter what lectionary cycle we're in, whether we're Mark, Matthew, Luke, typically, this is the text from John set aside for this Sunday. We hear this beautiful story about Jesus weeping at the death of his friend. We hear how Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. And then we say the names of those who've died over the past year while also celebrating this new life they've been given. It's a day that supposedly completes a circle. Life, death, life. After all, we are resurrection people. That's what this whole story is about, right? I sort of wonder, if you look at this section of John's 11th chapter, we've started in the middle of it. There's a whole bunch of verses ahead of time that talk more about the loss and lament and grief and just a few short verses of resurrection. I wonder what that might have to say to us. This last year and a half, as Katie said, we kind of lost count a while ago, but it's been about 20 months now, has been really hard, really, really hard. And I think a lot of us, myself included, have taken the hard things and just put them over here in a little box to deal with later, right? We're just gonna gonna put that over here. We're gonna deal with later. It's a survival tactic. For some of us, it's what we have to do to just get through the day, right? I got drop off, I got pick up, I got dinner, I got groceries, I got work, I got things I gotta do. So we're just gonna put the hard thing here and put the little clasp down, just gonna let it lock, lock over there and get through the day. Don't think about it, don't acknowledge it because if I do that, I'm not sure I'll be able to get out of bed. So I'll just take that hard thing, put it over there, shut the lid, we'll, we'll deal with it, you know, eventually, eventually. For some of us, it's just what we've learned to do. Maybe you grew up like I did. Crying is a sign of weakness. Anyone? Anyone? Don't cry. Don't cry. Don't you cry. Obviously, I suppressed that until about age 30 and then just cry all the time now. So I don't recommend the don't cry method, personally. Right? Suck it up. Keep a stiff upper lip. No time to sit and cry and grieve and feel all your feelings. That's just not how we do things here. Either way, we've been putting our big feelings into little boxes and things are starting to fill up. We've run out of boxes. Or as my friend Nora put it last week, the caboodle of my feelings is no longer able to hold everything I've put in there and the double latch is about to pop. And that's a very niche reference just for you elder millennials you are welcome. (laughs) Today's gospel is about so much more than the end of that story. Don't get me wrong, the end of the story really, really, really matters here. It certainly does. But so do all of the feelings that come beforehand. Mary is weeping. Martha is weeping. The crowd of people who loved Lazarus are weeping. There is lament in the very air they are all breathing. And Jesus arrives late. It's not a metaphor, but it feels like one, doesn't it? Jesus, where were you? Mary yells at him. If you had just been there. I love this image of Mary just getting right up in his face and yelling at him. How many of us have felt this same big anger? the same big sadness, the same cries asking Jesus, where have you been? 
How many of us might dare to say it out loud right to his face? And Jesus breathes in the grief in the air, and then he cries. He weeps. I've said this here before, but the Greek word here is not a beautifully cinematic single tear down his cheek, but an ugly, good cry. You know the cry I mean. I invite you to notice some things with me in this moment. Jesus' tears are not seen as weakness in this moment. They aren't seen as something shameful or something that should be private or hidden. Jesus' tears are seen as a sign of his love. As author Glennon Doyle wrote, grief is love's souvenir. It's our proof that we loved. Grief is the receipt we wave in the air that says to the world, look, I loved well. Here is my proof that I paid the price. It is so easy to jump to resurrection in this story. We like to do that all the time. Quick, quick, make the hard thing happy. Make it better. Say God will make this good. But the love that we feel at the loss of a loved one, the grief we feel at the loss of a loved one is not good. When a loved one dies, it is never good. Even when we know that the loss is not the end of the story. And in my heart of hearts, I know that this story in John's gospel makes this exact point because Jesus does raise Lazarus from the dead. He does show that there is life after death, but it does not change his grief in the moment. It doesn't change how hard it is to know that someone you loved has died. It doesn't change. So today on this All Saints Sunday, which we've already begun doing, I can see, I want us to take some time and open up some of those little boxes where we've stuffed our grief. I know, I know, very few people want to do this. Uh, one of my friends this week was like, hard pass, Natalia, I'm not going to be listening to your sermon. And I was like, no, no, let's, let's come, come in, come in. Most of us would rather keep our feelings locked up or pretend they aren't there, but I think the story in front of us asks us to do something different. Jesus does it first. He cries first. So we know we can cry too. We can be confident in the rest of the story, yes, that there is something more or something else, and yet we can still leave room to open up the boxes where we've placed all of our big feelings and just let them air out a bit. Like I said, this year has been hard. Ooh. I think this year maybe would have been hard even without COVID, right? People still lost jobs. People still lost loved ones. People still struggle with illness and mental health. But the pandemic has added so many additional layers of loss and struggle and grief and lament. And now it's all in the very air we are breathing just like when Jesus arrived at Mary and Martha's house. And I want to say, it's okay to feel it. Five million people have died worldwide. Five million, woof. 700,000 in the United States. 9,000 just in Minnesota. This is no small thing. 
These are incomprehensible numbers, right? We cannot, we cannot fathom it. So, of course, it's easier to see them as statistics, right, instead of parents and siblings and friends. Of course, it's easier to just put that big number in a little box and we'll deal with it later. But not today. This is exactly why we have Kleenexes up here, see? I think today's gospel reminds me that the church can be the space for this. You see, the church is called to be countercultural and a city on a hill, and I've just been wondering if maybe instead of the church being the place where we jumped quickly to the good part of the story, the resurrection part, it could also be the place where we say out loud, I'm not okay. What if the church is also the place we just allow ourselves to feel all the things We've been putting into boxes just to get through. I wonder what if the culture we're supposed to counter is the one that says, we're fine, everything's fine, we're all fine, everything's fine, when we are definitely not fine. Now, I don't care if you're not a crier. I know there's some of you out there. I know there's not criers out here. But that doesn't mean you're okay just because you're not a crier. And if you are not a crier, particularly not a public crier, if the tears don't come, it's okay. I just want you to know that your feelings, how you feel after this last year and a half, your feelings aren't bad. They aren't indicative of a lack of faith, but instead proof of it. When Mary yells in Jesus' face, if you had been here, that's a statement of faith because that means she knew what Jesus could do. She knew. She was mad and sad, even though she knew. When we leave space to lament, to grieve with or without tears, we are acknowledging that despite our big Feelings, God does not leave us alone. And God has given every story a new ending. So we are going to take time to do this. I know how hard it is. I know how easy it is to just keep that box over there for later. But I want us to, to just today, on this day, let's just open it up for a minute. We're going to spend the next few minutes here in lament, whatever that looks like for you. Paul and Lydia are going to sing a song, and I'd like you to take some time and open up the boxes you put some big feelings into this year. If you've compartmentalized your feelings to get through, let this be a place for you to feel. Lament is holy and sacred, and God meets us there and cries with us and then gives us new life. So we're going to start with a prayer and then a song. This is an invitation by Reverend Elsa Cook. Let us begin our lament here, O God. 
in an act of memory of all that has happened, in all that we could not believe was possible, as people who had never known how far and wide a virus could actually reach, as people who thought we had enough faith. Show us what we do not want to remember and what we cannot bear to remember after so much has been lost in these 20 long months. Oh God, let us begin here in all our full lament. Let us begin here. Amen. Inside that burns so bright begins to grow faded. Make me hard to see the ground on which you stand. Though you may not be afraid of walking in the darkness, you will feel like a stranger in this land. You can try to carve a faith out of your own. But a broken spirit may dry out the bone And the edges of the night may cause you sorrow You know I may not be around this time tomorrow But I'll always be with you Yeah, I'll always be with you you hold tightly to has all but vanished and there are no words of comfort to be found you will know what it means to be lost and without love may you fight to kill that deafening sound but our holy dreams of yesterday are gone they still haunt us like the ghost of Babylon And the breaking of the day might bring you sorrow You know I may not be around this time tomorrow But I'll always be with you I'll always be with you
I'd like us uh, to close with the blessing. This is written by author, uh, Duke Divinity School professor, Kate Bowler. I feel things big, and for the longest time, I felt so much shame because of it. I need reminders that my emotions are not bad or good. They are just information. You are angry because this is unjust. You feel sad because this is awful. You feel tired because this is exhausting. Your emotions are not wrong or bad or lying to you or the full truth. They're giving you a bit of data you shouldn't ignore. We love and lose and fall and get back up and fail and try again. This is what it means to be human, to feel the pain, the grief, the stress, the risk, the fear, the heartbreak. So you beautiful creature, you, here is your permission slip to feel it all. The joy and delight and excitement, the sorrow and the fear and despair, all the yellows and pinks and violets and grays, because you are the whole damn sky. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. <laughs>